and they believe that others are untrustworthy and unreliable. Lauren, I'm feeling like this is <laughs> you after your last relationship. Uh, they have major trust issues. <laughs> and this attachment style can also be developed or triggered by a toxic or abusive relationship. <laughs> Lol. I know, I have to say, when I was reading these out, I was like, a few alarm bells were going off. Mm. How did your test results go? Well, we'll find out. Welcome to Overdrinks, your new favourite podcast with the sisters you didn't know you needed. Welcome back to another episode, guys. Welcome back. Another week. Another long weekend, too. I know, Two yeah. Two in a row. How lucky was yeah, that? Yeah, we're mid-long weekend right now, so exciting times. But we thought, fun day, fun day planned. Because it's kind of a celebratory day today, we thought we'd have a little mimosa, because we're kind of recording this before we go, so it's kind of else, else, else. elderly. I can't. <laughs> Okay, it's kind of elderly. It's kind of early. We're starting oh, early. Oh, it's kind of. <laughs> I actually had no idea what you were saying because we're so. Let's yeah. pop open the bottles. Pop it, bitch. Blown <laughs> 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 you chill. Should I aim for my eye and then I can get a lifetime supply? You know, I know oh my god, you'd totally go that. viral. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're about to record Chloe popping the champagne bottle into her eye. No, I know a girl who um she was opening a passion pop and it exploded on her lap and it bruised her eye and she got like serious damage so she got a lifetime supply of passion pop. I was like, if only if it was like verb or like Does anyone else get like terrified when they're trying to Oh <laughs> slightly hungover as well. So... One mimosa, two mimosa. Oh my god, oh. is there any better sound? Fizzle, fizzle, don't fizzle. go too much. Perf. I don't think I've ever had a mimosa with orange juice with pop. Oh, yeah. We're just so hashtag health. Pure health goddesses over here. <laughs> That's champagne at you 10 know, o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I was actually thinking of um, when I poured it, getting the pulp out with like a little, like those tea things. Oh, like a strainer. That's also what they're known a as. A little tea thing. Right to the brim, shall we? Delish. Just keep going, Chloe's Cheers. life motto. Cheers. Just bitch. keep going. <laughs> oh, delish. Oh, I like it with the pop. I like it with a pop. I like it with a bit of pop. It's a bit poppy. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we've got our mimosas ready and we're about to jump in. Today we're going to be talking about attachment styles and love, love languages. Because we thought there's definitely not enough podcasts. <laughs> yeah. um, we can have our own unique spin on it. Yeah, and we thought there's so many podcasts that have spoken about it in the past, but they talk about it from a really like scientific point of view. And we just thought we're going to talk about it, like which we try and do with everything, as we're just friends over drinks. Yeah. You mm-hmm. mean? It doesn't have to be too clinical. We're just going to explain it from a way that's really easy to understand for everyone and easy to see like how it affects your life and your relationships. Mm. And this is a great way like learning these things about yourself and being able to identify them in other people is just going to lead to a happier, healthier life and make Mm. you a better version of yourself and also make you a better friend, a better partner, a better family member, all of that stuff. So 
We love doing this type of stuff. We love a personality quiz. We love a personality quiz. We love learning about ourselves and just being a little bit narcissistic. But I like to learn about myself so that I can be a better version of yeah, myself. Yeah, and we just wanted to talk about it from the perspective of like friends talking about it over drinks. Because we actually do talk about this stuff all the time. Mm. We were just talking Comes about it the weekend the before last mm. with one of our friends who's actually reading a book on this at the moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we're talking about love languages at praise and everything like that. I just think it's really interesting. And we're going to talk about these from the perspective of how you can be a better friend and partner Mm, by learning yeah by learning yours being aware of what yours are but also being able to identify what other people's love languages and attachment styles are but yeah so jumping right into it so we'll talk about love languages first and we're going to do the quiz like on the actual podcast we thought you can do the quiz separately so we don't like influence your answers. Because sometimes when you're hearing people say, oh, this one, then you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. And we didn't want to influence each other. So we've previously done the quiz and you can do the quiz yourself. We'll put like um, both of these quizzes that we're going to be talking about in the show notes, like where to find them. Basically, love languages refer to the way that you feel loved mm. and that you communicate that you love someone, mm. like the way that you do that. There's five different love languages, which we're just about to go through in a second. And you can be a mix of all of them, but you're usually primarily one or like Mm. one or two is like your major ones. And um, basically, it's just a good way to understand. Like I remember saying to Chloe, I am words of affirmation, which we'll get into what that means later. Chloe's also words of affirmation. Mm. But I remember for ages before love languages became like mainstream and we all knew what it was. I thought that that was like a negative thing about me that I felt mm. like I was vain and I needed to be. I need, yeah, but that's just the way that because of the way that I was raised and also maybe even impacted by because these can be heightened or lessened based on your relationships that you have. And so I guess growing up, like mum was very verbal and was always telling us. Yeah, seriously. She was like our number one fan. Yeah. So she was always like building us up through words. never do any wrong in her eyes. Yeah. And then that's how we learnt to show love and how to like feel love. So that's always been kind of, I guess, important to us is not just people showing you that they love you in their own way but by saying like i really i love you or mm, you're such a good friend I yeah appreciate you so much. exactly all of that stuff anyway so we're gonna go through all the different five love languages that you can be and you'll probably be able to identify before you even do the quiz you'll be able to be like oh yeah that's me mm. like that's it's like when you like reading out i don't know personality types or what style hat are you definitely not fedora. you're a fedora <laughs> <laughs> you're a leopard print spiked Fedora. Oh my god. Mum literally was Googling leopard print, started fedoras one day. And I caught her. I think I filmed it and put it on my story. Yeah. Maybe I just my close friends. <laughs> oh my god, hilarious. Hilarious. Alright, so first of all, words of affirmation. And this says actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Hearing the words I love you are important. And hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirit skyward. (laughs) Insults can leave you feeling shattered and are not easily forgotten. You thrive on hearing kind and encouraging words that build you up. That's actually really good that they mentioned the insults thing because we've spoken about that previously and we were like, oh, it would make so much sense because we're words of affirmation. So when we hear negative things about ourselves, it impacts us so much more. But obviously, because this is the guy that actually invented them, it's from his side. But I've never actually seen the insults related to the words of affirmation before. Yeah, this is from the website of the person that made, Yeah. yeah, that designed the love languages and wrote the book, literally wrote the book on love languages. 
And yeah, I because I think if I look back at my last relationship, I'd never really got the words of affirmation that I needed. And there were a few times where I was insulted and I've never forgotten those things. Mm, like really he was very critical me. of you. Yeah. Next one is quality time. In quality time, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is crucial, but being really there with the TV off, knife and fork down and all the chores and tasks on standby makes you feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed activities or the failure to listen can be hurtful. Whether it's spending uninterrupted time talking with someone else or doing activities together, you deepen your connection with others through sharing time. Yeah, I think that would be like, even if you're taking it from a friendship point of view, actually spending time together, like how we play sport with our friends or Mm. how um, we like to like actually see our friends quite regularly, see them every weekend and actually spending time with them makes such a difference. Like I know even um, I've been going to the gym most days a week with my cousin and we used to hang out all the time and it's been so nice now spending like seeing each other more regularly yeah yeah. we like see each other like every day and we get to like chat about like normal things that you might not necessarily text about and stuff so it's just really nice and i think yeah because i think quality time well quality time's your second one isn't it yeah yeah the next one is physical touch so a person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy Hugs, pats on the back, and thoughtful touches on the arm. They can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. I mean, I feel like abuse would be destructive to anyone, not just physical touch people. Appropriate and timely touches communicate warmth, safety, and love to you. So this one doesn't just mean sex Mm. or being intimate. It can be like giving someone a hug or like a little touch on the arm when you're talking to them and Mm. stuff like that. And I think if someone is physical touch and it's not as important to you, if they're constantly trying to be like affectionate and you're like pushing them away, that could be like a huge issue for them. Like that could be really hurtful Mm. to someone that their primary love language is physical touch. Oh, 100%. I feel like I'm just all of these equally, but... Yeah, like we said, everyone can be like all of them, but I think you have like a main one or a main two and then, yeah. All right, the next one's acts of service. Can helping with homework be really an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most wants to hear is, let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this language their feelings don't matter. When others serve you out of love and not obligation, you feel truly loved and valued. Did you get 0% gifts? Yeah, I got... I think I I, got 3% gifts. Yeah, we got very low percentage gifts. I got actually zero. But before I read out the gifts, I was thinking about acts of service. And because I've said before that I know dad is probably acts of service. Yeah, 100%. Acts of service and quality time probably. Mm. So um, I guess for me with dad is I need to take more um, consideration into doing acts of service for him because I know Mm. that that's how he shows me love because he's Mm. constantly doing things for us like booking in your car to get service. Mm. service. Or the other day I had um, told dad that I had like, I was getting like random high heart palpitations and like I've been getting them again ever since we spoke about that yeah we need to go get that tested and <laughs> come back in the next week uh so guys we both had heart transplants <laughs> no yeah and then he just went and got some supplements that were um good for to, your heart yeah good for your heart like cardiovascular health or something I know so cute so the next one is receiving gifts it says don't mistake this love language for materialism 
The receiver of gifts thrives on love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you're prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring a gift to you. A missed birthday or a hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. So would the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are heartfelt symbols to you of someone else's love and affection for you. Mm. Yeah. So those are the five love languages, and you can probably just from hearing them work out what you are, but do the quiz and get your, if you're in a relationship, get your partner to do the quiz, Mm. get all your friends to do it, get your family members to do it, and understanding what they are and what you are and how you can like appropriately show them love will make your relationships, regardless of whether it's romantic or not, so much better and so much stronger. So we're going to go through what we got. I got 37% words of affirmation, closely followed by 30% quality time, and then 17% for both physical touch and acts of service, and then 0% gifts. Interesting. I got 40% words of affirmation, 23% quality time, 20% physical touch, 13% acts of service, and 3% gifts. So they're pretty similar, but a little bit different. Yeah. Just like what we're like. <laughs> Pretty similar, but a little bit different. How was the other day when um, that guy came up to you and was like, Chloe, Chloe, Chloe. Oh my God, I know. And I looked at him, I'm like, I'm not Chloe. And he's like, oh, where's Chloe? And I'm like, she's over there. And then he walked over to you going, Chloe, Chloe, Chloe. <laughs> Happens all the time. And I was coaching this kid the other day at the basketball camp and he's in Chloe's team. So mm. she's actually, he's in her team. She's his coach. And I was talking to him. I was like, oh, yeah, you're in my sister's team, aren't you? And he's like, oh, wait, you're not her? <laughs> he's like, I'm one of my favorites as well. I was yeah. like so cut by that. I know. I think because I spent like the whole week with him, I think he'll be able to tell us apart now. I don't know. It's, he wasn't a very observant kid, obviously. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. So for us, because ours is words of affirmation, we said this at the beginning, but we like to be told that we're appreciated. Yeah. And- Otherwise, it doesn't feel real to us. Mm. If someone's just like, even if they're being really affectionate and want to spend time with us. Because I remember in my last relationship, looking back and towards the end of it, I wasn't feeling, I was constantly asking for mm. words of mm. like, oh, but why do you love me? Blah, blah. I like do that, that to Ryan all the time. Yeah. I've got to say though, he's gotten so much better since, since the beginning you, of the yeah. relationship. And since yeah. you've been talking about it, and yeah. saying, this is actually how yeah. I need to feel loved. And I, I remember like my ex was really touchy feely and really affectionate with me and always wanted to hang out with me. But mm. to me, that didn't really mean anything or didn't mean as much mm. if I wasn't hearing it. And I guess if you're also words of affirmation, that doesn't make you vain. It doesn't mean that you need to be like needed attention and need to be complimented all the time that's just the way that you receive Mm. love and often you give and receive love the same way so often if you need words of affirmation to feel love you're constantly telling people but we talk about dad and how he doesn't like getting words of affirmation or doesn't like getting compliments he gets really really uncomfortable we actually made him do the five and five the other day and he was really struggling with it first of all he thought it was five things you like about yourself and five things you don't like like, no. so he just starts (laughs) listing off all these things he didn't like about himself I was like you're really not understanding the game no so we don't want you to do that it's five physical five non-physical I actually made um, I was with like a group of girls on the weekend and we were talking about, I don't know, somehow it came up and I made them all go around and do them five and five. And I must've looked so conceited as well. Cause they were like, you go first. And I just like listed them off, but because we do it all the time, yeah. we've just done it that day as well. So I was like, it's easy for me to do it now because I've done it so many times, yeah. but I'm not just like totally up myself. So funny, but it is. Isn't, isn't it, it bad though that that's viewed as being up yourself, knowing what you like about yourself? Yeah, exactly. Or being, showing yourself some sort of self-love. Mm. But um, 
Yeah, so it doesn't matter how much I want to try and tell people how much I love them or how mm. great they are or how good they look. If that's not the way that they feel love, it's not mm. going to mean anything to them. Mm. For me, it's like, well, I'm telling you how much I love you. I'm mm. telling you all these things. Like, obviously, I love you. But if their love language is physical touch or quality time or acts of service or gifts, that's not going to make a difference. Well, I was actually interested because I made Ryan do it again the other day when you and I did this one. Oh, yeah. And his number one was words of affirmation, which is oh funny God. because the last time we did it, which was maybe like two years ago, his number one was acts of service. Yeah, they actually say that your love language can change based on your relationship. Like if you're it's not... probably because I just... Yeah. I'm like, I love you so much. You mean so much to me. Yeah, so but if he hasn't... If he's been raised in a household that words of affirmation wasn't one of the big things, mm. like I know dad was raised and words of affirmation was like not a thing at all. Mm. And so if that's never been a thing for you, but then in your relationship, they're constantly showering you... Shower you showering you... <laughs> showering you in compliments and love and and you're like oh wow i really like this and Mm. then it becomes more important to you and on the other hand if something was like semi-important to you but you were you don't get it at all in your relationship and then you start to crave it maybe that starts to become a really important thing to you and then in your future relationships that's what you crave the most Mm. like i honestly think my last relationship made words of affirmation even more important to me because I wasn't Mm. getting it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, so interesting, right? So basically understanding your love language and your friends and family and partner's love language can just help you. Like we said, there's no point in you just giving them your love language over and over and thinking. that's not how they Yeah, because they're not going to be able to feel it. So get people to do the test and a little tip. If you have a boyfriend or a partner who is like, oh, no, that's lame, I don't want to do it, or a dad or a mum that doesn't Mm. want to do the test, you don't have to make them sit down and do the quiz and be like, this is about love languages and what's your love language? Because they might think it's like corny or whatever. Mm. Or just just something made up on the internet by one person. Exactly. So you can just be like, how do you feel – like how do I – what do you need from me to feel love? Like how Mm. do you feel love the most? Like is it from if I'm telling you things, giving you compliments or – do you need me to do things for you? Mm. Do, you do you know what I mean? You can like word it in a way that isn't so like airy fairy a bit because this can be, this isn't everyone's cup of tea doing this. Like we love this type of mm. stuff, like any type of personality test or anything like that, <laughs> we're like all over, but it's not everyone's thing. And some people, like I know you said when you first brought it up with Ryan, he like didn't believe it was a thing, right? Yeah. He was like, love languages aren't real. Yeah. I was like, who cares if they're real? I like them. Yeah, exactly. So He's on board with it now. Yeah, exactly. Because it was important to you. Mm. So yeah, but that's a little tip as well. It doesn't have to, you don't need to make them actually do the test. If they're not willing to, you can kind of just like have a conversation about mm. it and work out which one they are and then adjust your behavior. Because who doesn't want to be a better friend or a better partner? Exactly. Or a better daughter or a better mother. Son. Son. Child. Cousin. Yep. Student. I wouldn't really care about my teacher's love languages. Well, it it depends if it was Mr. Cruz. (laughs) (laughs) Don't shout him out. Um, so, uh, we're going to go quickly over like do's and don'ts for the love languages. So words of affirmation, we've already said this, giving compliments or giving them praise is a massive do that's going to mm. make them feel good and insulting them. Even if it's like funny, funny, banter. yeah. Even if it's sarcastic, even if you're just like making like a, you think it's going to be, um, constructive criticism, be really careful with your words mm. around people that are words of affirmation because it actually does affect them. Or even just 
don't just assume that they know, like make sure you're always telling them because it's important to them. Like with just say cooking dinner at the beginning, you used to maybe always say compliments about how good it was, but then it's like, well, they already know that I love their food. So yeah. I've already told gonna, them. Yeah. I've already cooking, told them. Yeah. I don't need to tell them every time. No, <laughs> you do. Yeah. Exactly. Not every time. But and I guess it's kind of like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me with words of affirmation. People. That's not true. That's not true. Yeah. Well, it's going to be terrible. Okay, so what about quality time? Obviously, do's, spending quality time just one-on-one or even in a group where you're actually doing something that's really, you're not just constantly on your phone the Mm. whole time, you're not like half in, half out. It doesn't need to be sitting, facing each other, having like a deep chat. You can be watching your favorite movie together on the couch or playing a board game or going Mm. for a walk or literally just like going out for drinks or dinner and spending good quality time Mm, with them. Not just like constantly on your phone or like taking heaps of Instagrams or something like that. Or bailing on plans all the time. So if you bail on plans for someone whose major love language is quality time, that's going to be like a huge, like a really Mm. hurtful thing. Mm. And you might not think it's a big deal, but it is to them. So that's one thing to be like aware of. Mm. Um, The next one could be physical touch. Physical touch, yeah. So do cuddle them hug them hello yeah and if you struggle with like pda or being affectionate if you're like not an affectionate person at all and i know so many people that are not affectionate people at all and so maybe if their partner was they would struggle with being like receptive to their physical touch and and also like instigating it Mm. if you actually care about this person and you want them to feel loved sometimes you need to bite the bullet or suck it up and do things to make that person feel loved Mm. just a little hand on the shoulder or a cuddle every now and then it doesn't need to be constant even if you do it like once a week or once once a day gives them like a little hug or something it doesn't need to be constantly all over each other like courtney and travis Mm. straddling each other in public just whatever you're How comfortable with. How awkward is that episode where the real estate agent just leaves? And I haven't seen it yet. It's I need to watch so it. cringy. It's just like... <laughs> Surely be aware of your surroundings. And then they even make a comment how they're like, like, we're not hurting anyone, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, you're making people uncomfortable. Yeah, like, exactly. There's it's a- one thing to be cuddling. And, I mean, yeah. But she's like fully straddling him, like making Basically out with him. having sex, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like part of me like loves it because it's like it's so good to see her like living her so best life. Happy, so happy. Yeah. But then on the other side of things, like if you were doing that with Ryan or like if Jay was doing that with Steve. Like you just, like, used to do with there. your first boyfriend. <laughs> Guys, I used to be watching a movie with her and her first boyfriend and then they just start making out and then they they'd get up and walk to a bedroom together. And I'm like, <laughs> obviously I know what you're doing. Oh my God, cringe. That makes me feel, oh. Let's oh. oh. pretend that never happened. <laughs> oh my God, lol. Um, yeah, so <laughs> acts of service. <laughs> obviously, like doing things like doing the dishes for them or doing like cooking a little task. For them. Yeah, cooking for them. Doing if the housework. They've got something that has been playing on their mind that they really need to do, like yeah. a chore or like a big project at yeah. work or something. Helping, helping them, them move, with it. Helping yeah. them. <laughs> helping them with work or uni or something like yeah. that. Yeah, those make a huge difference. And obviously, the don't would be for acts of service, just thinking that. Oh, they can do it themselves. They're like, I don't need to help them with that. They're Mm. totally capable of doing that. It's not that they need you. It's just that it means a lot to them if you do do it. If you do help them. (laughs) (laughs) You do do. You do do do. Now let's not talk about what you don't do. Let's talk about what you do do. Do do. Okay, and then last one is gifts. And like we said, it doesn't mean that you're like a materialistic biatch if you like getting gifts. Mm. I weirdly got 0%. I think I actually like giving gifts. I am really bad at giving gifts. Oh, really? Yeah, it's one thing I only learned about myself like two or three years ago. 
but I'm not good at giving gifts. I'm not good at buying gifts. I like doing it. I like the act of it, but I'm always just like, I overthink you it get and I get a bad anxiety about yeah, it. Yeah. And I end up getting bad presents. Yeah. I don't think you get bad presents. I think you always get good presents. Well, I know you well enough that I yeah, have the I same brain. Mean. Yeah. So I guess it's just not as important to me as the other ones are, but I think it's still nice. I think it's things like it doesn't have to be an expensive gift that you get that person. Well, it can even it, be like picking a flower exactly. on a walk and giving it to them about this made me think of you. Yeah. All it has to be is something that is just this thought behind it. It's like one of those things like it was the thought that counts, you mm. know? Or like they stop at the petrol station and they get you your favorite chocolate while you're there yeah. or something like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Little things it can mm. be. It can also be big things. So attachment styles. This one is becoming a little bit more popular in like – mainstream culture but it's not as common as love languages like i even noticed when we're setting up like the dating apps and stuff and the different hinge prompts that you can do like my love language is is one of the prompts so it's becoming yeah so if you don't know what attachment styles are they basically refer to the way that you relate to other people and your attachment style is formed in the first like few years of your life like Mm. from birth and it's based on your relationship with your primary caregiver. So you could have a different attachment style, like just say me, you and Jade were all raised by mum and dad. But imagine if like mum had postnatal depression with me or something, I'd have a different one to you guys. A hundred percent. So it actually doesn't matter on the person. It's, it's the, it's the amount of attention and nurturing and love that you get. So even if it was just like the first six months of my life, mum had, or mum got like a job opportunity in New York or something like that. Yeah. And then was more busy than usual. Yeah. Yeah. And then when she came back, she was still a good mother. Would I then still have a different attachment? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I know. It is really interesting and it can be, um, it's usually the mother in a lot of like the theory behind this, they talk about the mother, but it can be, it's just your primary caregiver. It could Mm. be both parents as well if they're like equally in your life and it stays with you throughout your life. So you take it with you into like your adult relationships and everything Mm. However, other relationships like romantic relationships and stuff can have a huge impact on it. Mm. So you could be, we're going to go through them in a second. There's secure and insecure attachment styles, but you could be super secure from your parenting, the way that you're raised. And then you have a really toxic relationship and that totally affects Mm. your attachment style. And then you become super anxious in relationships or you become like really avoidant. We'll go Mm. through them in a second. But yeah, basically it's based on from your childhood, your needs being met when you're a child. So just say you fall over and you hurt yourself and you turn around and your parents always there. Or if they're not, they're off doing something else and you have to like look after yourself. If you're crying and crying and crying and they're never there for you, that's going to have a negative impact. And so basically you feeling like loved and supported by your parents in your really early, early, early years of life. Mm. That's what forms your attachment style. Mm. It can change. So if you've got a really insecure attachment style now, it doesn't mean it's stuck with you. You can do like the self-work, go to therapy if you need to, just work on it. Or if you enter into a really healthy relationship with someone that has a secure attachment style and then they can help you through it. Um, so we'll put the quiz that you can do to find out your attachment style in the show notes as well. You go to dianepoolheller.com. Both of these quizzes, there are so many quizzes 
about love languages and attachment styles out there on the internet mm. and you can do whichever one you want however we did the quizzes and we're going to put the quizzes in the in the show notes that are actually from the people that designed these styles that came up with these theories i found it interesting one of the questions on the attachment style quiz was do you struggle with eye contact and i do unless it's a I'm good with people I know, but otherwise I'm not. I really struggle with eye contact, but Mm. what I've found is that because I have such a visual brain, when I think of things, I'm like picturing it in my head. Lauren does the most annoying thing. She'll roll her eyes into the back of her head and because she's got her long eyelashes, (laughs) it looks like she's having like a conniption. I, yeah, I like look up, not looking at anything, just visualizing what I'm saying. Like, if, especially if I'm telling a story, I find eye contact really distracting because I can't picture what I'm saying and then I forget what I'm saying. You're weird. Yeah. I don't think that has, it doesn't mean that I'm like untrustworthy. I just like off She's the She's constantly yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, okay. So we're going to read out the different attachment styles and once again... <laughs> You can do, you can do the quiz and find it out that way, but you can probably like listen to these and work out what you are or what you think you've got a little bit of. Cause everyone has like a percentage of each of them, like you do with the love languages. And it's like, you might not be every single, have every single characteristic of these, but it's kind of like when you read your horoscope and it's like, or something like that. And you're like, mm. and it's like, you're like, Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. And maybe not that fourth thing, but everything else makes mm. sense. I feel like you could do that to most horoscopes, though. Exactly. Like most... Um, zodiac signs? Most zodiac signs. Yeah. Watch your zodiac sign. <laughs> Watch your zodiac sign. Watch your attachment style. Watch your attachment style. <laughs> okay. Starting with secure attachment. I hope everyone got that reference, otherwise that would have been so <laughs> yeah. random. Fat man scoop, Brooklyn clan. <laughs> Fat man scoop, Brooklyn clan. <laughs> Who's fucking tonight? Who's fucking tonight? <laughs> Just fucking to know. Ryan's lost uh, it. Uh, just take it over. Uh, just transport it to the dance floor. <laughs> that song always goes off. Do we yeah. agree, people? All right. So, first of all, secure attachment. This is the most common one and obviously, like, ideal because it's the secure one. So, each of these has, like, a little tagline so that you can kind of understand the concept. So, this one's little tagline is positive self, positive other. So, I'm okay, you're okay. This is secure attachment. Secure attachment. So people that have a secure attachment style, they're able to communicate healthily and easily. So about their needs or their emotions, whatever. They trust people fairly easily. They're in tune with their own emotions. They usually display cooperative and flexible behavior in relationships. So they're easy, like they don't freak out over little things and stuff like that. Um, they have a healthy self-esteem. They believe they are worthy of love and support. That's one of their core beliefs. Mm. Like they believe that they're worthy of love. Um, and in childhood, their needs were almost always met. They were supported by their primary caregiver. And when they needed them, they were always there. Mm. So, so that that's, one's, is that the most common one? Yeah. And that's the best one to be? That's the best one to be, yeah. So do you want to read out the first insecure attachment style? So anxious attachment. That tagline is negative self, positive other. So I'm not okay, but you're okay. People with an anxious attachment style would be often clingy or needy. They'd have a fear of abandonment. They need constant reassurance and often feel insecure in relationships. Yeah. We need constant reassurance, but that's just because we're words of affirmation. <laughs> yeah. They tend to act out in relationships, for example, making a partner jealous on purpose. They're constantly overcompensating to please their partner. 
Deep down, they believe that they aren't worthy of love. They're not worthy of love. They don't believe they're capable of receiving love without forcing it or changing themselves. They believe that others are capable of meeting their needs or showing them love, but might not do so because of their flaws. They often have low self-esteem. They often try to change themselves for a partner. In childhood, they could have had a helicopter parent or very inconsistent parent. If they had a helicopter parent who always solved their problems for them, as a result, they believed they weren't capable of doing anything themselves and developed low self-esteem and low self-trust. If they had an inconsistent parent, they often felt like they had to overcompensate or act out to get their attention or love. Yeah, and that's like you can so see how that would manifest itself into future relationships as well. Oh, 100%. You're constantly trying to get attention from your parents and stuff and then you become like then you become an adult who's constantly trying to get attention from your partner, partner or friends, acting out. Yeah. yeah. Then that's not necessarily doesn't make you a bad person. That's just the way that you have it's been drilled into you mm. that the only way to get love or get attention is by doing things that you think either going out of your way to totally change yourself to be like the person that you're dating mm. to please them mm. or what they want you to be. Yeah. Or to like act out like they do one little thing wrong and you're like, oh, it means that they don't love me. Like I'm going to, I need to make them jealous or I need mm. to do this. So I don't know. You can kind of, it makes sense. Mm. And we had a friend that was talking to us about the attachment styles and she said, this is the one that she is the most of. That's interesting. Yeah. And so that can often lead to, you know, toxic relationships and stuff. Even if the other person is a secure attachment style, if you're anxious, it can lead to a super toxic relationship, especially if they're not, if your partner is not secure, if you're both anxious, that's just like fighting against each other, Mm. or if one's avoidant and one's anxious. Yeah. So the next one is avoidant attachment. So this one's little tagline is positive self, negative other. So I'm okay. You're not okay. So these people can have difficulty expressing their emotions. They tend to emotionally withdraw from others. They have a fear of intimacy. And that's not just like being intimate in the bedroom. It means like getting really close Mm. to someone. Um, Like when a relationship starts to get um, serious, serious they'd like freak out. Yeah. Um, they often have huge walls up and feel like they need to protect themselves. They don't believe they can trust anyone else. They're usually extremely independent or self-reliant and don't like relying on others. They downplay the importance of relationships. They have commitment issues. Although they believe they are worthy of love, they believe that others are either unwilling or incapable of loving them. And they believe that others are untrustworthy and unreliable. Lauren, I'm feeling like this is <laughs> you after your last relationship. Uh, they have major trust issues. <laughs> and people with an avoidant attachment style often had extremely strict or emotionally unavailable parents. And this attachment style can also be developed or triggered by a toxic <laughs> or abusive relationship. <laughs> I know. I have to say when I was reading these out, I was like, a few alarm bells were going off. Mm. How did your test results go? Well, we'll find out after you read this next one. Okay, the last one is... Stay tuned, guys. (laughs) The last one is disorganized or fearful avoidant attachment. So the tagline is negative self, negative other, which just sounds very negative. Yes. I'm not okay, you're not okay. So this attachment style incorporates characteristics of both anxious and avoidant attachment styles. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, A person with the disorganized attachment style would have a fear of rejection, but also difficulty with intimacy. So they're like pushing you away, but like desiring you to come close as well. 
Um, their emotions and behavior are often unpredictable and contradictory. They'd have low self-esteem. They believe they are not worthy of love. They believe others are untrustworthy, unreliable, and incapable of meeting their needs. People with a disorganized attachment style were often abused or neglected in childhood and or past relationships. That's sad. Mm. I think this one is the least common one, luckily. Um, And obviously, if you have this one, you can change to a secure, but it's the hardest one to change from. So you need to actually probably get professional help or do something like do some serious work, not just Mm. like maybe being in a secure, being in a relationship with someone that has a secure attachment style might not be enough. Mm. Um, so based on those, you can kind of, you probably be able to pick up little ones in each of them that you feel like you have a connection to, or one that's like clearly you identify with, but we did the quiz. You can do the quiz to find out what you are and we will tell you our results. Okay. So my main attachment style is secure at 53%. My next one, like you predicted, Chloe at 22% is avoidant. Mm. And my, the next one after that is anxious at 14%. And then lastly, disorganized at 9.8%. So mine is 58% secure. And then the other three are all equally 13.8%. Oh my God, exactly equal. Mm. So you've got anxious and avoidant and disorganized You've got equal of all of them. Well, disorganized mm. is like half anxious and half avoidant. So that's like... So does that mean I'm I'm half disorganized? <laughs> uh, is that the worst one to be? <laughs> no, okay. It so does... that means it would be 42% of me. <laughs> no, no, is no. fucked up. <laughs> okay. So I think that that seems like that at first, but I actually don't think it's that. I think it means that you're so you're secure and all the other ones are like even. So you've picked a few that are like can kind of line up with mm. those other ones. All that really matters is your main one. And both of us got over 50% for secure. So that's good. Mm-hmm. We were very lucky with our upbringing and we had a very consistent two parents that two were parents, always there yeah. for us. We had a really good childhood. Exactly. We had a very good childhood, a very healthy childhood. And that's probably led to us being, um, having a healthy self-esteem and a healthy um, relationship with other humans out in the world. However, we eat, we all have like little things that can affect it, like other relationships. And obviously mm. my last relationship has made me quite, cause I was just talking to the girls about this on the weekend about how I've, um, I'm just really, <laughs> I realized, I think after doing like the dating apps thing and stuff and just being like avoiding going on a date at all costs that I am a little bit avoidant. Um, I do have like walls up and I do have commitment issues and I do Mm. have trust issues, which I always knew that I was going to get after you like cheated on in a pretty hectic way. It's always going to give you trust issues. But then I think not only that, so we're talking about this, this is kind of funny actually, but so I had, everyone knows that story. Go back and listen to, we've all had to kiss a few toads. But then I was just like living my best single life and not like I was just like having my fun and not getting into any serious relationships or really getting feelings for anyone. And then a couple years later, I finally was like, okay, everyone was like, just give it a go. Just because I was always keeping my walls up and never like really letting myself get feelings for people. And then I did with one person and they pretty much ghosted me. Yeah, after. completely ghosted her. Yeah, yeah. And then messages her like four months later being yeah, like, Yeah, two months later. Yeah. Being like, hey. I was just like, see ya. But yeah, so I think it's like I was already having trust Nail issues. In the yeah, just like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> I can't trust anyone. I hate everyone. So I'm very much like, like, I guess it makes sense. It's like, 
positive self, negative other. I'm like, mm. all guys are trash. <laughs> all guys can't be trusted. They're all absolute freaks. They're all creeps. And then doing the dating apps thing made that even worse. I was Far like, out. you guys are all insane. Fire out, seriously. You guys are all fucked up and I need to keep you all at beyond an arm's length. Seriously. <laughs> So, yeah, that's interesting. But luckily, I mean, I'm mainly secure. It's just that little bit that's obviously been from, like, not my upbringing at all, just from relationships and experiences that I've had Mm. in my adult life. Mm. But if you are one of the mainly, just say you got 50% avoidant or anxious or disorganized, you can do things to change it. There's a lot of, like, theory behind attachment styles And they say, oh, by the way, we haven't mentioned, but if you're looking up attachment styles, they might, some of them have different names, but they all mean the same thing. So you'd be able to tell from like the descriptions of like which one is which, but secure attachment is always called secure attachment, but anxious attachment is sometimes called ambivalent or avoidant attachment is sometimes called dismissive. And then disorganized is like can be fearful avoidant or anxious avoidant or something like that. So Mm. they all have like different names. Sometimes we just went with like the most, like the clearest ones, but Mm. yeah, if you find that they have different names, that's what that means. Just listen to the descriptions. You'll be able to work out which one's which, but there is hope for you if you were mainly, if you're like an anxious wreck in all your relationships it just means that you need to identify this do work on yourself to build up your own self-esteem out of relationships because mm. specifically anxious it means that you think there's a problem with you but not with other people you need to realize just say you have been left in a past relationship someone broke up with you out of the blue and you felt it had something to do with you look at that objectively even if you need to go and talk to someone about it and work out that a lot of the time it really has nothing to do with you. It's not all your fault. You are not broken. Mm. A lot of the time it's just you have these like deep-seated beliefs or these issues that came from childhood or came from a really toxic relationship and you can change those. You just need to be identify you them first. You can be better. You can do it. Identify first, take the action next. So <laughs> <laughs> Take the action now. And if you are one of these insecure types, you go for the same type every single time. So if you are avoidant, um, you might go for people that are emotionally unavailable so that you're going for what's safe because you're scared about being emotionally vulnerable. So you're seeking out people, even if you're doing it. And most of the time it is subconscious. You're not doing it consciously. You're seeking out people that aren't looking for a relationship either or do have commitment issues or trust issues because you're scared of that. You're scared of getting close to people. So you're setting yourself up for failure. You're self-sabotaging before you're even able to enter into a serious relationship. You know, you're choosing those people. Mm. And then anxious people often go for people that are really like love bomb you, you know, they give you all this attention straight up. They can be a little bit um, manipulative or even emotionally or physically abusive. People that are really, you know, um, so much so soon because they need to feel like they're like showered in love, but then that person starts to pull away and they freak out, Mm. you know, and they're constantly trying to like please them and impress them and prove that they are worthy of love. Um, And then obviously disorganized or fearful avoidant, those people are ones that are very likely to enter into emotionally or physically abusive relationships Mm. because they believe that they actually deserve that. Mm. They believe that other people are abusive and they deserve to be abused because they're not Well, it makes sense if they, a lot of them were abused as a child. Exactly. They would end up getting into it. Because a lot of, yeah, because if you were abused as a child, if your parents abused you as a child, 
then a lot of the time you end up thinking that that's a way of showing love. Yeah. You know? They, because it's your parents that are supposed to love you the most. Yeah, exactly. And if they're abusing you. So then sometimes, it's as fucked up as it is, sometimes you seek that out in other people. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's very sad. I know, it is very sad. But understanding the attachment styles not just understanding yours, but understanding all four of them. You can identify this in other people and it helps you be not only a better communicator, but a better friend, a better partner by being able to be like, okay, this person, it's not that I've done anything wrong. It has anything to do with me. It's because they're anxious attachment and I need to be aware of that. And I need to be aware that it's just the way that they're wired. So being aware of that, you can kind of communicate with them in an appropriate way or show them love in an appropriate way or really nurture those anxious people Mm. or really be gentle and careful with the people that are a bit avoidant and show them that they actually can trust other people Mm. if it's the avoidant type all of that stuff is helpful and this stuff is just like it's so interesting and it's so such a great way to get like a better understanding of people and the world around you as well Mm. i like it well i've learned a lot loz (laughs) (laughs) I hope our listeners have too. Yeah. Well, we said we weren't going to do it from like a teaching standpoint, but I feel like (laughs) we've got full teaching. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I actually don't know enough about all that. Well, especially attachment styles. I know a lot about love languages, but. Yeah. And I just think it's, um, it's just so crazy that there's all these things and then you read something about yourself and you're like, oh my God, that's me to a T. I never knew this about myself. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought I was the only one that was like this. Mm. And you see, it's actually a specific style that a huge chunk of the population have. And you're like, oh my God, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just this because of this and I can do this to change it. Yeah. So what are you going to do to fix your... um, Well, I don't need to because I'm secure. Okay. Well, I have a little... I do have trust issues. What am I going to do to change my trust issues i just need to give people more of a chance yeah and i even noticed because we're talking about this at dinner the other night and i even noticed that i think the reason that i was attracting so many creeps was i was probably subconsciously seeking out matching yeah with the really nice guys because i even like i said when we had jess and ash on the podcast and they were talking about like ash said that she totally avoided people that like took the piss in their answers a bit or like weren't Mm. taking it seriously and i was like oh i was like totally turned off by guys that were taking it seriously yeah and i went for guys that were clearly like on there for yeah like funny other reasons yeah or and were a little bit emotionally like taking the piss out of it a little bit and were probably emotionally unavailable because Mm. i guess i'm a little bit emotionally unavailable Mm. maybe bit fucked up (laughs) (laughs) aren't we all i'm great all right well guys hope you enjoyed that do the quizzes (laughs) (laughs) chloe had a very big day yesterday i had a rest day yesterday after yeah i'm a bit hungover guys sorry for the low energy i'll be back (laughs) next week ready ready to get into it i feel like i just gave a ted talk i feel like i was your only your audience front center only yeah shut up chloe i have no words in my brain today (laughs) anyway um yeah we hope that was fun a fun little listen we tried to make it a quick one anyway we'll see you guys next week for we've got some exciting news actually next episode we're gonna have jade back yes i forgot we're doing that next episode yeah because very exciting news well we've been waiting to um reveal the exciting news when jade is on the podcast so you'll have to wait till next week Mm. to find that out yeah But, um, yeah, so she'll be back in your ears with us next episode. So stay tuned for that, guys. Stunning. We can't wait. wait. Can't wait to have her back. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.